This is Marcus De Costa, pastor of House of Israel London, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this teaching edifies you, challenges, and inspires you to walk the best walk with Messiah Yeshua. May you be richly blessed by this message. As I've said many times before, I'm glad to, to when, when the brethren come and stand with, with me and with my family, because you know the, the teachings that I have, my children and my family have heard many times before. This is the the 18th time we've been around um, the feasts. But through Father, he each time you go around in terms of the feast, he gives you something new. See, we are all still learning. There is a master who we sit at the feet of. He is the one who teaches us. The Bible lets us know that there is a teacher. So if there is a teacher, and that is Mashiach and the Holy Spirit, then we're still learning. And every day we stay in obedience, there is another jewel, another gem, another um, precious revelation that he gives to us so we are adding to our faith as we move along so i'm glad that these are perpetual i'm glad that they're continuous and i'm glad to be with you here today so as we spoke briefly in the beginning father he freed his people from egypt He freed his people from Egypt. They were slaves under the hand of Pharaoh for a period of time. Pharaoh made the people serve with rigor, with bitterness. They was in a household of bondage. They were servants, but father decided that he didn't want his people to serve anyone else. He wanted his people to serve him and to serve him alone. Not any other Elohims, rulers, judges, mighty ones. So he delivered them. And because of the urgency of the deliverance, he commanded them that as you go, don't hang around and prepare victuals. Have unleavened bread. Now, if we fast forward many, many years, Yeshua steps on the scene. And as he is sitting at the, at the table with his disciples, something which we've come to learn as being coined the Last Supper. Even though we see Yeshua eating suppers after the Last Supper. What he reveals to his disciples is that his body is the bread that he was passing around. Yeshua said, or Paul said specifically, when he's recalling that discussion, that this is the bread, the bread of his body, which is broken for them. When we go to Isaiah 53, it lets us know that he was bruised and beaten by his stripes we are healed. 
Yeshua reveal, reveals to his disciples as he's passing round the wine, drink ye all of it. That, that wine is the blood of the New Testament. We learn that the Testament word here is New Covenant. So Mashiach is the sacrifice which mediates between the two parties. Back in the days of Moses and before, for a covenant to be initiated, there needed to be a sacrifice, usually. The sacrifice would be in the middle and it would bear witness to the fact that the two parties have come together in some sort of everlasting agreement. Yeshua was that sacrifice. That's what his blood was shed for, the blood of the new covenant, to bring Israel and Judah back into covenant. And this is where we get the term New Testament or new covenant from. So after Yeshua revealed the mystery of the Passover to his disciples, the bread being his bruised body for our healing and his shed blood for the new covenant, the revelation we begin to see unfolding before us is that the Lord of Psalms and prophets is about him. He is the word that was made flesh. Now he was describing this throughout his ministry to his disciples. But when they see it unfolding is at the point where he literally is on the cross, on the stake. And John is saying... I saw it with my own eyes. I bear witness that not a bone of his body was broken. At that point, John has come to the realization. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Passover Lamb of God. Because if you go back to the instructions pertaining the Passover, not a bone of the Lamb was to be broken. Yeshua said to the people in, in John 5:39, search the scriptures for in them ye think ye have life, eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. So the scriptures now testify of Yeshua. And as he is living and walking out his life, they are being fulfilled in the eyes of the people who have eyes to see. So the scriptures, the law, Psalms and prophets testify of Yeshua. And as a result, upon this revelation, in our observance of the feast, we must look to him to reveal to us what was hidden until his glory was made manifest. Year after year, the people were being prepared for the revelation of Messiah year after year year after year until Mashiach come and those who had eyes to see would see it Hebrews 8 5 8 3 actually let's begin there for every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of 
heavenly things. What is being described here to the Hebrews is that Mashiach, he is fulfilling another role. Mashiach can't remain on earth and fulfill the role of the priest. There is already a priestly system in operation on earth. But the role that he is going to fulfill when he ascended is actually the role which the earthly system is a shadow of. See, Moses, when Moses was being revealed how to make this tabernacle, the pattern of the tabernacle, Father took him to a place and showed him the pattern. So there is a temple, there is a tabernacle which exists in heaven. When Moses is being given how to build this tabernacle, the pattern of it, Father is revealing to Moses what it looks like. When we go all the way to the times of David, what David lets us know is that as he is designing and writing the pattern of the temple, you will find it described, his hand is just moving as he's designing the pattern of the temple and the structure thereof. These people haven't just come up with this stuff. Moses never just went up the mountain and had and, and you know was thinking for 40, 40 days how to beguile some people. He was given revelation as to what pertains in heaven. Now what pertains in heaven predates what pertains on earth. Yeshua is officiating as the priest in the tabernacle in heaven who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle for see saith he that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount but now have he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. So the scriptures testify of Yeshua. He is the word made flesh. He is the one who came down from heaven to teach man how to walk out father's word. So there's a system existing in heaven that predated the one that exists on earth. When he ascended, when he went up into the heavens, he went to complete the role for him. The earthly role system is a shadow of that which is in heaven. So when Yeshua ascended, his ministry didn't finish. When he was on the cross and he said, it is finished, he's not talking about the work that he has to do. His life is finished until he rose from the dead. The ministry that he had on earth in that form 
had finished. But Yeshua had some more work to do. Yeshua ascended to sit on the right hand of God and fulfill his priestly office. As part of this priestly office, he would provide his disciples further insight into the law, Psalms and prophet, which is a shadow in the earth unto that which is in the heaven. He did this by sending forth the Holy Spirit. When Yeshua was on earth, he went around teaching his disciples, teaching his apostles how to walk before the Father and be perfect. When he ascended, his work in terms of schooling his, his disciples, the children of the Most High, hadn't finished. The way they would receive further revelation is by the Spirit. In Acts 2.32, it says, This Yeshua have God raised up, where, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. So Yeshua's work wasn't done. He ascended and went and sat at the right hand of the Father and shed forth the Holy Spirit. And there's a purpose as to why he shed forth the Holy Spirit. Because his work was not finished. Now when you get to John 16. John 16, these things have I spoken unto you. Verse 1. That ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asketh me whether goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. Now, when you look into the Greek in terms of expedient, it's more profitable. In other words, it's better. It's more profitable for you that I go away. Now, you can only imagine, or actually... I believe we haven't spent much time imagining and thinking on what he has just said. He is describing to his apostles, his disciples, that it's better for them, that he leaves them. Oftentimes, the body of Messiah is waiting on him to return under the impression that is better for them when he returns. 
and to some degree there's truth in that. But he describes it being better for his disciples that he leaves. As a student underneath a teacher, there's only so far you can go when the teacher is in the room. Yeshua said to his disciples to follow me, I will show you how to do it. I will show you what to do. I will show you how to walk this walk. Then he sent them out on their own, two by two, the 12 and then the 70. Why did he do this? He did this because he knows if the master's around, everyone's going to take their problems to the master. If the master's around, there's not enough room for his disciples to grow in their faith. Now, Yeshua gave his disciples all power, or power, over all works of the devil. To tread upon serpents and scorpions. To raise the dead. But there is a situation when the master is around where a man brings his son. His son it casts himself in the fire and casts himself in the water. And the man says, your disciples couldn't heal him. Yeshua's response is, how long? How long do I need to be with you guys? How long? When the master is around, everyone looks to him to deal with their problems. When he ascends, he says, it's better for you that I'm not here because I'm going to send you the comforter. I'm going to send you the helper. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter, the paracletos, the, the, um, an intercessor, counsellor, advocate, comforter, counsel for defence, legal assistant, and this is the Greek 3875. This comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. See, Yeshua, when he was on the scene, he was their counsellor. He was their advocate. He was their paracletos, their legal aid. He was the one who would help them walk out this faith but once he ascended he told his disciples I'm not going to leave you comfortless in verse 13 how be it when he the spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he shall show you Things to come. Mashiach, he taught the people truth. 
the comforter will teach you all truth. That's why it's expedient. Whatever the comforter, the spirit of the living Elohim, hears and sees, it will reveal it to Yeshua's disciples. That's why it's more expedient. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father have are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and show it unto you. It's more expedient. Profitable for us that the Messiah ascended onto the right hand of the Father. It's, it's better for us. Because there is a helper. There is a situation now where Yeshua sends his disciples two by two. Mashiach does what he does. They depart and go. They're going without the master, without the helper, without the original Parakletos, the, the advocate. When Mashiach ascends, that Holy Spirit goes everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, there is a helper with you. Everywhere you go, there is a comforter with you. To counsel you, to advise you, to teach you things, to help you to discern spirits. To show you things that which is coming. So although Mashiach is no longer here in the sense he was here 2,000 years ago, you have something more expedient. The Holy Spirit would endow you with power. It would testify of Yeshua, show you things to come, teach and guide us into all truth. So there are some truths that are spiritually discerned. You can have this book, you can have the Tanakh, you can have the New Testament, but there are truths that are spiritually discerned. If you have the scriptures and don't have Yeshua, you don't understand the scriptures. That's what Mashiach said. So it doesn't matter how much Hebrew you know, how many rabbis sit under you and you have trained, how long you have lived in the land, how many PhDs that you have, if you don't have Yeshua, you don't understand that which is in the scriptures. That's what he was saying to the religious leaders. So we can say that today. Now, to take that even further, 
if you have the scriptures and you have the gospels about Yeshua but you don't have the Holy Spirit you're only getting a portion of the picture see this book here has been used for millennia after millennia to twist and deceive people people have died and been killed based upon interpretations of what is in this scripture what is in this book like what the master said there's coming a time where people will think that they're doing God's work when they kill you when they persecute you people will think that they're doing God's work because they open up this book and they find a verse here and a verse here there to justify what they're doing so you can have the scriptures you can even have Jesus but if you don't have the master and the Holy Spirit the likeliness is you're not going to understand that which is written Yeshua lets us know that this is a narrow road few find and walk down this narrow road father sent his son into the world and filled him with the Holy Spirit and as he was sent and filled with the Spirit likewise Yeshua filled his disciples and sent them to the nations as he was sent to Israel in John 20 verse 19 John 20 verse 19 then the same day at evening being the first day of the week now I stress um, the first day of the week because we've spoken about the significance of this in the previous teachings but if you are um, as we are here you will begin to understand that Yeshua is going to his disciples after his resurrection and ascension to the Father on the first day of the week this is first fruits now this first fruits pertains to the first fruits in the midst of Passover and unleavened bread now we've um, in the teaching um, and in the book what is it called now mark of the church and sign of God there's an illustration that goes through that um, in detail so you can watch that online or you can check out the book the book is for free on our website or you can you can purchase it on Amazon or it's on YouTube but we provide an illustration to show you and give you the scripture to show that this is the first day of the week this is um, first fruits and he's coming to his disciples then the same day at evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut were the disciples where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them peace be unto you and when he had when he had so said he showed unto them 
his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father have sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. As my Father have sent me, even so sent I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on unto them. And save unto them, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So Yeshua, he raises from the dead. He raises from the dead on the Sabbath. When Mary and the other women come, the tomb is already open. He says to the women or to Mary, don't touch me because I've not ascended yet to my father. Then we have a situation where some other woman, women come later on throughout the, um, throughout the chronology and they are worshipping at his feet, touching and worshipping at his feet. There is an ascension that has taken place. Yeshua is the first fruit of among the dead. But on the same day, being the, day, the first day of the week, he goes to his disciples. He speaks unto his disciples and lets them know, as Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Now, as a result of me sending you, here is the Holy Spirit. On the day of first fruits. But Thomas wasn't present. See that day. Pertaining to unleavened bread. Isn't a Sabbath. Isn't a convocation. But this day. Pertaining to. The wheat first fruit. Is a convocation. Although Yeshua ascended, because he sent the Holy Spirit, no matter where you are, or no matter where you go, you have a helper. As promised, he never left his disciples without a comforter. On the day of first fruits pertaining to the barley harvest, in the midst of the Passover, unleavened bread, Yeshua ascended to offer up himself and returned to fill his disciples with the Holy Spirit. So this situation here pertains to the barley harvest, the first fruits of the Spirit um, coinciding with unleavened bread and Passover. Romans 8.22, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. 
We, so those who were given the spirit in that room on the first fruit pertaining to the barley harvest were the first fruit of the spirit. But the next feast after unleavened bread, Passover and first fruit is the feast of weeks. The feast of harvest. Not all of the people there was present. We know a point is made that Thomas wasn't present. The Bible lets us know that they were, they were in fear at that time. They weren't in expectation, they were in fear. This first fruit, as we've just looked at, of the barley harvest was not a holy convocation, a Sabbath. The people were not required to, to, to be together in one accord, in one place. But on the day of first fruit of the wheat harvest, the feast of weeks harvest, that is a holy convocation. A pilgrimage feast. Where all the people would come together as one. The disciples were praying and in expectation. Now what this says is that it's significant when people come together as in one accord. All of the people, the Bible says actually, in another place it says that 500 believers saw Yeshua after his resurrection. In Acts, it describes, in Acts 1, it describes 120 were in the room. So it wasn't all of the people. But it was all of those who were called to come together and be named to be at that place at that time. When believers come together in one accord, in the name of Yeshua, that lays at the foundation for significant things to take place. Father said in, throughout the Torah, I want you to come up three times a year and be in my presence, feast in my presence. The disciples of Messiah are commanded to wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes upon them. So they're waiting in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes upon them. But on the first day of first fruits of the wheat harvest, the Feast of Weeks harvest, this is a convocation. This is a pilgrimage feast where all the people would come together as one. This was when the body of believers in the house were filled with the Spirit. So Thomas wasn't there the first time. The Bible lets us know that Yeshua came back just to show Thomas but it doesn't tell us that Yeshua breathed on Thomas. That gives us the indication, according to scripture, that Thomas more than likely had to wait. He wasn't there the first time, and the second time Yeshua came, he didn't breathe on him. So he probably more than likely had to wait. 
the other people who may not have been there along with his disciples had to wait. That's why he said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes. In Acts 2 verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost, and this is Pentecost day, the 50th day, was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now there is a, a doctrine which is going around where Pentecost, the 50th day, is actually being interpreted as a hundred days from the time Mashiach um, resurrected. There are some people or many people who are observing the Feast of Weeks harvest today. There are some people who observed the Feast of Weeks harvest earlier this week. But there are others who received revelation from the Most High that the Feast of Weeks harvest Shavuot is another month and a half from now. A hundred days. But when you look at this, the term here is Pentecost Day. 50th day. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, oftentimes, you will go into or you will go into places which believe in Yeshua, but won't necessarily teach anything about being filled with the Spirit speaking with other tongues, signs and wonders following those who believe. The spirit, which is more expedient for us to have, is oftentimes shut out from these places. It's replaced with tradition. It's replaced with customs. Things which Mashiach, when he was teaching the people, called vanity, vain worship. He said, go ye into all the world, this is Mark 16 verse 15, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. There needs to be belief. There needs to be belief, there needs to be baptism. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Yeshua is not talking about religion here. Not talking about religion. What religion are you? What religion are you? What do you believe? He's not talking about that. He's talking about the belief that should be preached. 
he told his disciples this gospel of the kingdom the one that he taught the one that he was teaching his disciples shall be preached as a witness unto the nations then the end shall come his gospel not a denominational gospel not a religious good news his gospel and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues now one of the things you may come across in the Hebraic um, roots movement and sometimes in the Christian movement that speaking in tongues in this day and age is of the devil that speaking in tongues is of the devil now Yeshua said to people there are certain sins that can be forgiven. You can sin, you can, you can speak against the Son of Man. You can blaspheme against Him. You can blaspheme against the Father. But blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, that won't be forgiven in this world and it won't be forgiven in the world to come. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. And we see that in Acts chapter 2. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the Bible says you will be a powerful person. You'll be a powerful person. You drink something that's deadly, it won't hurt you. There's an incident where Paul is bitten by a snake, a deadly snake, doesn't hurt him. He just shake the thing off into the fire, doesn't hurt him. The people think he is, you know, he's one of the gods, the man so powerful. That's a spirit-filled believer. That's not something uh, uh, that should be enclosed in this book and after the, when you get to the end, that's it. That's for us today. Laying hands on the sick, that's for us today. James goes as far as to say, if there's any sick among you, take them to the elders. Take them to the elders. Confess your sins, take them to the elders. Lay hands on them, put oil on them and pray. These signs follow them that believe. Yeshua on the day of Pentecost, who now officiates in the heavenly tabernacle, baptizes his disciples, those in one accord, assembled in his name with the Holy Spirit. So Yeshua now, as we have seen, is officiating in this heavenly tabernacle. On the day of Pentecost, which is the first fruits, he baptizes his disciples. 
John let the people know that there is one coming that he baptized for repentance. But there is one coming who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and will baptize with fire. Yeshua is the one who baptizes disciples with the Holy Spirit, officiating from the heavenly tabernacle on the day, the Feast of Harvest, the Feast of Weeks, first fruits. So during the Feast of Weeks harvest, the priest would offer a first fruits offering to the father of the wheat at the temple. So the shadow that was taking place at the temple is this offering of wheat. However, this serves as a shadow of that which Yeshua fulfilled in the heavenly tabernacle. He offered unto the Father the first fruit of spiritual wheat. Believers who received the gospel of the kingdom repented and had faith in Yeshua as Messiah. When you get to Matthew 13, Yeshua describes the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, like unto. Someone goes out and sows in a field. And when that individual goes to sleep, the enemy comes and sows some tears. In due season, the wheat is growing amongst the tares. Those who labor in the field say, shall we pull up the tares? And the master says, no, don't do that. We're going to wait until the harvest. At the harvest time, we'll separate the wheat from the tares. During the feast of weeks, the feast of harvest, the first fruit of the wheat, there is some spiritual wheat which is being offered unto the Father. There is some people who have faith in Mashiach, the first fruits. Notice in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says 3,000 were added unto the body of Messiah. And yet, there would have been hundreds of thousands of people coming up in one accord to rejoice at this feast. Some of them, the Bible says, was mocking them. Mock the people. These are drunkards. These people who are speaking in, drunk, in tongues are drunk. As they do to this day. You'll find oftentimes in the midst of the feast, the spirit of the living Elohim is not welcome. Sometimes things of the spirit need to be dealt with. That's not the spirit of the Elohim. How do you know? Well, you judge it by its fruit. Mashiach never said people to roll around. That's a sign of people who believe roll around on the floor. Mashiach never said these signs follow they, those who believe they shall do the Holy Ghost dance. He never said that. There's a lot of things which go on which are in the spirit realm which are not biblically spiritual. 
you should judge them and know them by their fruit. But the very nature that we are to come up and be in his presence when God is a spirit, then the feasts are a time when we should be in the spirit. And the very first feast after Yeshua rose, there are some signs taking place that these people are believers. The tares who look similar to wheat won't have signs following them. Why? Because they don't believe. They will have no authority over the devil. They won't speak with new tongues. They won't lay hands on the sick and they recover. They won't be filled with the spirit, which is the seal of sonship. See, when we get to Mashiach, what we come to understand is there is significance of being spirit filled. It's important. It's important because it pertains to our salvation. When we get to Ephesians 1.11, we're going to find out how important it actually is. Ephesians 1.11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Messiah, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now this Holy Spirit, therefore, the Holy Spirit is a seal. When you move into the Greek, you, become, you come to find that the Holy Spirit is a mark is a token. So similar to in the Torah, in the Tanakh, where the Bible describes circumcision as a token, where the Bible describes the Sabbath as a token, a mark, the Holy Spirit is a seal. It's a seal to say that this person is mine. If this person is mine and is filled with the Holy Spirit, then there are signs that this person is mine. One of those signs manifested in Pentecost. But Pentecost should never be reserved as being one day. It shouldn't be secluded in history so that once a year we open up the Bible to Acts chapter 2 and figure these people, these people, the signs of the Holy Spirit took place then. So maybe we should dance around and try and invite the Holy Spirit for us today and then leave the Holy Spirit back in the Bible in Acts chapter 2 when we move to Acts chapter 3 and so on. This is a continual walk. When we go to Romans now, it tells us, For as many as are 
led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So being led by the Spirit of God now means that you are following the Spirit. It's leading you, it's guiding you. And that's the role of the comforter. That's the role of the helper, the parakletos. He's going to show you some things to come. And if he's showing you some things to come, the purpose of showing you those things is to show you which way to go, what way to be led into. If you're walking by the flesh, there are times you may walk and fall in the pit. If you're walking by the Spirit, which knows all things, it can show you things to come and cause you to go around. Danger, trouble. But even if the serpent bite you, it won't hurt you. Why? Because the sign that you believe is that you can have any deadly thing mess around with you and it won't harm you. Romans 8.8 8. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. That's some strong stuff. When we get to the feasts, that's probably, it's one of the times of the year when people oftentimes get most in the flesh. Do things in the name of God which he hasn't asked you to do. If he didn't ask you to throw bread on the lake, why are you throwing bread on the lake? If the spirit of the living Elohim didn't give you that instruction, why are you doing it? Someone in their flesh asked you to do that, wrote it down in a book, and now you are being led by a flesh when you should be led by the Spirit. The Spirit now spoke through apostles, spoke through prophets, and gave us this book, the Bible, as we know it today. And there is a simplicity in terms of the feast. And Yeshua came and he opened up his disciples' eyes. But ye are not in the flesh, but are in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Messiah, of Christ, he is none of his. This is taking it to another level. Again, you can know the scriptures, you can know the law, you can know the prophets, you can even know the gospels. But if you are not led by the spirit, the spirit of Mashiach, the spirit of the living Elohim, then you are none of his. What therefore is the priority? The priority therefore is to connect with the spirit of the Elohim. The living Elohim. That's the priority. We are to keep the feast. We are to keep the Sabbaths. 
We are to keep the law. We are to keep all of those things. But Mashiach came to baptize his disciples with the Holy Spirit. So when he ascends, they have something more expedient. Those who don't allow the spirit in oftentimes go with the spirit of men. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit of life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that have raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Again, why is it important that we are spirit-filled people? Well, if the spirit of the Elohim raised up Yeshua is in us, he will raise us up. What does that mean? If it isn't in you, you're living a life where you may believe the scriptures, you may believe the gospels even, but if you're not a spirit-filled person, then on that day when the saints of the Most High who have the spirit of the living Elohim rise up, then what happens to you? This is a priority. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you live through the Spirit, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This Spirit, therefore, is the seal, it's the sign, it's a token that you are His. That you belong to him. If you are led by his spirit, then you are his son. The feast of first fruits, harvest, and weeks is Messiah fulfilling his priestly obligation, sitting in the right hand of God and offering unto Father the first fruits of a spiritual harvest. Upon receiving the Spirit, Yeshua's disciples had a helper, an advocate, an aid who would teach them all truth and would cause them to keep the law as Yeshua did himself. He said, and we see, I'm coming to give you the promise. Wait in Jerusalem until you receive this promise. The promise is what we see in Ezekiel, what we see in Isaiah, is that Father's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. That's actually in Joel. What we see in Ezekiel and Isaiah is that his spirit will go in the people and it will cause them to keep the, the judgments, the statutes. This spirit will cause them to remain free from bondage. So you left Egypt. You were commanded to eat unleavened bread because you had to leave quickly. But this spirit will cause you to remain free so you don't go back into captivity. It does that by causing you to keep the commandments. Israel went back into Babylon because they violated the law. 
What does this tell you? It tells you that you can receive your healing. You can receive your deliverance. But the strong man is coming back. Strong man comes back and sees it swept and garnished. He's going to find seven other spirits which is worse than himself. When you cast out the strong man, a stronger man needs to take habitation. No longer would they need to come up in his presence. Father and Yeshua would make their abode with whomsoever loved him and kept his commandments. This doesn't mean you don't keep the feast. This doesn't mean you don't observe the Sabbath. But what it does mean is that you don't go up to be in Father's presence. You leave after being filled with the Holy Spirit with the Father with you everywhere you go. This is why it's more expedient. It's more profitable. John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I shall do, he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now, if you're a disciple of Yeshua, and he gave you the commandment, wait in Jerusalem, and you decide to go back to Galilee, you're demonstrating that you don't love him according to what Yeshua is saying, and you've missed your opportunity to receive of the comforter. It works the same for us today. If we love Yeshua, if we love the Father, we shall keep his commandments. As a result of keeping his commandments, the spirit of the living Elohim will dwell in the midst of his people. That's how you grieve the spirit. The grieving of the spirit takes place to cause you to come back to your senses and bring yourself back in line with his word. That's the prodding, that's the pricking to bring you back into alignment, to cause you to keep his commandments. The worrying thing is when you're breaking his commandments and you don't feel anything. No conviction. You've been given now a reprobate mind. You can go in and, and dwell in the midst of the swine, eating the swine's husk, and feel no way about your uncleanness. So we're at the point where the spirit is grieved, you have to give heed to what the Father is trying to communicate with you. So the day of first fruits, the feast of weeks harvest, 
is a day Yeshua instructed his disciples to wait until they received the promise, which he later poured out on his disciples, making them the first fruits of the Spirit. Now again, these feasts are year after year. There's a harvest year after year. In this generation, we are the first fruits of this generation as they were back then. There would have been 120 in the room in Acts 1, but outside of the room, those who did not believe in Messiah, hundreds of thousands of people. We get to Revelation, it tells us that there are 144,000 servants who follow Mashiach wherever he goes of the 12 tribes of Israel. The world today, as it stands, is encroaching on 7 billion people. Israel, in Exodus, is considered to be a son. my firstborn son. The nations to the father are his children. How do we know they're his children? Because he made them. And in the end, every nation will have a people who worship him. Every nation, every tongue, every creed, Every tribe will have people who worship him. That's what it tells us in the scripture. Israel as a nation, therefore, is a first fruit nation. Because once Israel fulfills the service that it is to fulfill, other nations is going to come in. So we as a people today are first fruits of the Spirit. It is because of his disciples' obedience, keeping the commands of Yeshua, that he sent forth the Comforter. They kept his commandments because they loved him and stayed in Jerusalem. We are to keep his commandments too. Now we're coming to a uh, close here. Now, when Yeshua preached the gospel, when his apostles preached the gospel, they gave forth some very simple instructions. Now, these instructions are to allow us as disciples of Messiah to receive of the Holy Spirit and also to walk and be led by the Spirit. And they're very simple. See, when we go into the book of Acts, it's kept very simple this process of receiving the Spirit. In, in Acts chapter 10, Peter is just talking. And because these people are waiting days for Peter to arrive, listening with expectation, the Holy Spirit lands on them people, they begin speaking in tongues, they receive the Spirit. There are other times when Paul is saying, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? These people are saying, we didn't even know of a Holy Spirit. 
So he lays his hands upon them and they receive the spirit. It's very simple. You don't need to go on a, 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 a 10 week program. This is something that Yeshua does for his disciples. He did that in the room on the day of first fruits of the barley. He did that when his disciples were in one accord in expectation on the day of first fruits, the feast of weeks, the feast of harvest. And he's doing it for you. The first thing that needs to be done is repent. The Bible says that you are a temple. You've been bought with a price. If you are a temple and you've been bought with a price, then you need to clean yourself up. If you clean yourself up and you repent, you turn yourself around, then you're not bringing stuff in which defiles the temple of the living Elohim. That leads on to baptism. Baptism is the physical action of something which is spiritual. The baptism is a gesture that you are being baptized. You as a old man is being buried with Messiah. And as you come up out of the water, there is now a new man. And this new man doesn't have any of the ills, doesn't have any of the blemishes and the tarnishes of the old man because that old man is now dead. And if that old man is now dead, you can live and Messiah can live in you. So there's repentance and there's baptism in Yeshua's name. So as a temple now, the temple gets cleaned up. Desire and ask for the Holy Spirit. The analogy is, if a father knows how to give good gifts to his children, how much more if you ask of the father for the Holy Spirit, will he give it? So desire and ask for it. And then receive it. Now the receiving of the Holy Spirit is an act of faith. Receiving of the Holy Spirit is the act of faith to say that I'm asking for it. And I believe that you want desire to give it to me because I'm asking for it. And Mashiach said that whatsoever you ask in his name... He shall give it to you. So therefore, I thank you for the spirit that you've given me. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. That's how you receive. Now to maintain that spirit which is in you, teach the gospel to all people. So you can receive the spirit. But the Bible lets us know, Father has an agenda. He has work that he wants to do in the earth. Yeshua has work that he desires to do. 
He's not willing that any should perish. So if his spirit has come into you, you've received the Holy Spirit, but you're not preaching the gospel, you're not teaching that gospel, you're not being a witness unto all nations, Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, to the utmost parts of the earth, you may find you're in a space where you don't even recognize that the spirit has come off, off of you and found another temple to dwell in. A temple that will exercise the power and authority that he has given to you. So to maintain a spiritual walk is to be led. And the father desires to lead his people who are filled with his spirit to other people. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. How do I reconcile people to, to Messiah? Be led by the Spirit. The Father says, I will give you what words to say. Don't even rehearse. When they take you before the council, before the synagogue, to try and um, beat you, condemn you, don't even rehearse. Just connect with me. Connect with me, I will give you the words to say. This is what it is all about. Connection. Because once you have connection with the Father, then you are connected with the one who can raise you up even though you may be dead in the grave. Yeshua understood this. And because he understood this, he went to Calvary. He told the man, you, don't, you have no power over me. It's been given to you. I'm allowing you to do this to me. And then finally, allow the Holy Spirit to work for you. So don't resist. Don't be afraid. Don't allow religion to try and keep that kind of stuff confined to the Christian church. You, the moment you come into Hebraic roots, the moment you come to the Messianic, all of that stuff, anything to do with the spirit, that's church. Don't allow religion to, 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 to strangle you from this, the living waters. Hallelujah.